This guy popped on my. Hear. This guy, it's okay. He, that's that, that's my favorite kind of yeah. guest, one that can't hear us. <clears throat> Unplug your. Now he's getting. If on how to set up his computer, the, I love uh, it. Airpods. We can hear them though. I hear his wife, right? Yeah. She's giving him tech. She's giving him technical advice. She's saying, Bobby. Oh, there we go. I can hear you now. Put in the AirPods, Bobby. The AirPods are in. Are the AirPods okay for this? I guess. Let's see. <laughs> Looks better than these. These are my son's like school headphones. Bobby, you've sound, recovered. You've recovered. Sound? You sound great. You sound great, especially right. after losing Whitney. You seem, you seem, you seem like man. Three in, seconds into it, we got Bobby Brown jokes. Wait, you seem like you're in a good headspace. Yeah, man. Let's see. Let me turn that up. I know she was the breadwinner. You were screwed on your original contract. <laughs> you were screwed on your. They were right into contract. the Bobby Brown jokes. That's that's uh, that's the story of my life. <laughs> how, how did how does someone get the last name Brown? Do you know Do you know the origins of your name? I don't. Um, just my dad, Harry T, Harry T Brown. Uh, ask me again, I'll knock you down. That's uh, that was my dad's say. <laughs> I think that's the uh, the origin, and uh, and that's all I, all I really know about it. Thank you for your service in the United States Marine Corps. Very cool that you did that. Uh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. You were in the graduating class of 2011, is that right? You became a Marine in 2011. Uh, no, 2001. Oh. 2001. Hmm. Why did I think? To, oh, maybe I maybe I I saw maybe I read it wrong. Yeah. No. Uh, 2001. I uh, I graduated high school 2001, and in June, and then uh, shipped out about two three weeks later. Skipped my summer vacation, which was a big mistake, <laughs> and uh, reported right down to Paris Island. And um, yeah, actually it was. I was in Paris Island during 9-11. So that, that altered the course of my uh, enlistment pretty quickly. So. Um, Bobby, Bobby, this is, I'm Sevon and this is uh, Brian Friend, the astute and intelligent. Up, and Morning. Soft, yeah, you knew there was more coming. Soft-spoken, yet easily <laughs> handsome. heard. Handsome. CrossFit <laughs> nice coach. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Brian. Why? Why did you go? Why did you go into the Marine Corps? Was your dad in the Marines? Wait, hold on. Series at, over here acting up. That was weird. All right. Are we? Uh, is this? Rec are we recording now? Is this like pre-setup? No, we're recording. But you know what's interesting, Brian? I don't <laughs> see. I don't see the recording light on your. That's what I told you was happening the other day. On your. Uh... And it didn't give me a countdown for the recording like it usually does. I do I do podcasts with a lot of people, Brian, and I've had significant issues with you and with no one else. Is that weird? Can't say. I pretty much do them primarily with you. Incredible. Incredible. You're making me nervous. You're making me nervous. Um tell me uh, so 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 how did you go, how did you end up going to the Marine Corps? Um <laughs> Did you go five yeah. minutes before you went to the recruitment office? Did it just pop in your head? Yeah, no. So, um, you know, going in high school, I was doing good, you know, doing well in school. Um, my grades were, were good. And uh, 
my dad was a truck driver and just recently retired. Uh, my mom was working part time and then full time, and I, you know we were middle a middle class family. We by no means wealthy, um, and my uncle was in the Marine Corps, and we have a pretty uh, pretty close family on my mom's side, big big family, and uh, my uncle was Marine. Um, and I kind of saw the Marine Corps as an avenue to uh, do something for the country, for myself, um, take care of school, uh, and, and and do a bunch of things. Right. So obviously, the plan coming out of high school was, all right, I'll join the Marine Corps and and I'll I'll go to school while I'm in the Marine Corps. Obviously, there was peacetime when I enlisted, um, and like I said, you know that that changed pretty dramatically when I was uh, in boot camp. Um, so for me, it was a way of, of taking a burden off my parents, um, not having to uh, worry about paying for school for me or, or and I could do it myself. Um, and uh, yeah, that was one of my bigger motivations, but you know, it just, uh, it seemed like honorable thing to do and I had if I had to pick a branch it was going to be the Marine Corps it was like I said my uncle was a Marine um they seemed like the baddest and the best and and that's uh what I wanted to do what why did it take a burden off of your family do you get to go to college for free once you're a, a Marine? yeah so I mean you have the GI Bill you know um and it would it would allow me you know the plan was to go to school while I was in my enlisted uh years and that did not happen <laughs> Um, you know, I ended up being deployed twice and then, um, I ended up using the GI bill when I got out of the Marine Corps, uh, did my two years of school prior to joining the police academy. So it worked out in the long run, just, uh, the, uh, the pace was a little bit different. And, and you said you were deployed. What, and where were you deployed? What, what happened once you enlisted? So um, after I enlisted, you know, we're getting through basic uh, three months in Paris Island. And I would say, well, September 11th, you know, I was still down in basic. Um, we were getting close to the end. And, you know, September 11th happens. But it, it's kind of, it was very surreal for us because we were there, but not, privy to what happened. So, you know, you know, there's no TV, there's no newspaper. You're not, you're not hooked up to anything. So you're just there. Um, and I remember like the, the drill instructors were all like on like high, high energy mode and just saying things to us that morning. Um, like, Hey, this is, this is real now. This, everything's changed. Everything's different. And, that night they pulled us aside in the, in the squad bay in our barracks. And first they, they started off with, you know, who's from the tri-state area, you know, the, you know, New that's York, New New York, right? Okay. Yeah. New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. So we're like raising our hands. And then they said, does anyone have any family or loved ones that works, you know, in New York city? And then, you know, a couple people were like, you know, I know somebody and they pulled everyone aside and, you know, just checking to make sure who we got, you know, and then they, they broke it, the news to us. And, you, you know, you don't see any images of that, but tell you what happened. 
and you're just trying to put it together in your head what happened. And I remember we had to go get like supplies in a van and me and like two other recruits were in this van and they had the radio on and, and it's coming over the radio, you know, an AM radio in this, you know, Econoline van. And even then still you're, you're, you're formulating this visual of that in your head. And then I remember the next day they showed us a newspaper that was the first images you saw of it. And it was like, whoa. And even then, you know, you see it on newspaper, you're not watching it on TV. You're not watching it live like the rest of the world. You know, you're 18 years old. You've just joined the military. Um, your ambitions for joining the military. Yeah, you know, everyone wants to serve. Everyone knows what they've signed up for. But in that instant, it's like, oh, this is going to, you know, my four years are going to be dramatically different than I may have thought. So um, from there, you know, continued to train, graduated. And then over the course of the four years, ended up being deployed twice to Iraq. Um, you know, yeah. So that was like my entry and it was kind of like, it changed everything for, you know, myself, my family, um, my girlfriend, who is now my wife, uh, <laughs> you know, that everyone, that changed everyone's four years for sure. Do you have a fan on in your house, in your room? Like a ceiling fan or anything? Do you that's hear that, Brian? Yeah, that's a laptop. Oh, the fan from the laptop? Yeah. So be it. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> It'd probably you, kick off. That means Hopefully. your stories have to be twice as good for people to tolerate that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so you so you enter the military, 9-11 happens, and you're off to um, Iraq. Um, did you, at that time, did you have an idea that you wanted to be a police officer? Yeah. So, I mean, my plan kind of, you know, my young adult plan was like, all right, I'll do the military. Um, I'll see, see how that goes. And I'll be able to, you know, do, do some school. And my uncle, my other uncle, not the Marine, my uncle Matt, um, was a state trooper. Uh, and growing up, he was kind of, you know, he wasn't kind of, he was like my idol. Uh, my mom comes from nine, uh, a family of nine brothers and sisters. So he was the youngest of them, was always like the cool uncle, uh, was a New Jersey state trooper, uh, good looking dude, pretty wife, nice life, nice house. It just had it, it seemed like he had it all, a nice setup. And I was like, yeah, you know, I always wanted to be like my uncle Matt. So um, my original plan was I wanted to be a state trooper. Uh, when I ended up getting out uh, the Marine Corps, state troopers weren't hiring. Um, there was, you know, it's all, it's all about timing with a lot of those things. And I had some, a friend of his was a detective at Franklin and that's my hometown. This is where I grew up in Franklin Township where I currently work. And he said, Hey, you know, why don't you go sit down with, uh, you know, detective Culligan, he'll, he can show you around the PD and, and, uh, hopefully talk you into joining, you know, getting involved with them. And so he kind of swayed me that day and um, I ended up having to go to like, it's called like the alternate route program. So you sign up for the police academy without a job. Um, you graduate the academy, you pay your own way, which I was able to use my GI bill for that. And then um, 
you interview with police departments upon graduation. So I was able to get, I wanted to go to Franklin. I, that was the only place I really in, in, in the area that I knew I wanted to work. Obviously I would have taken a job anywhere, <clears throat> but, um, I interviewed there and got hired. So I've so been you, there since. So you patrol, sorry, you've been there since when? Uh, 2007, I got hired right after the academy. So you patrol the streets you grew up on. It, yep. Yeah. So yeah, Frank, I said, Franklin Township is my hometown. Um, I came back, you know, when I got out of the service, I was living here, uh, going to school at a community college. Moved back in with my girlfriend, Allison, my, like I said, my now wife. And, um, yeah, now we're, you know, when I got hired back right where I grew up, like literally, I remember my first call was like a block from my bus stop growing up, which was pretty cool. And I remember my training officer was like, Hey, you know where you're going? I'm like, yeah, we're, we're on point here. I know exactly where I am. So that made so things pretty easy. So the city that you grew up in as a young man throwing rocks at stop signs and drag racing your friends, you now you now yes. patrol those streets. That's amazing. What a what yeah. a what a great story and and the community's lucky to have you cuz obviously you have insights into the community that Yeah. That I, feel like, I feel like that story used to happen a lot more and it's pretty rare this time period. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think it happens probably more in some smaller towns. We actually have a pretty good, we have, I don't want to quote myself on number, I think about five or six guys who are currently from Franklin, working in Franklin. So we we do have, you know, I'm not the only one in Franklin Township who grew up in Franklin. We have, you know, we're a, about a 105-man department, which is a bigger, it's a bigger suburban department you know we're not a big big city uh we so we do have a lot of officers and like i said we have you know all through the ranks probably five or six officers who who grew up went through the franklin school system um that worked for franklin township so it's pretty cool i i used to live in berkeley california and and the um the police would come to the neighborhood and they would have these I forget what they were called, community outreach programs and, or mm. community discussion programs or whatever. And basically we would meet at one of the neighbor's house and, you know, the 20 of us would be stuffed in there. That's when I knew I was old when I started attending events like that. And we'd all be stuffed in someone's living room and a, and a police officer would come and we would just ask him a bunch of questions about the neighborhood. And the police officer said something very interesting to me. He said that, I forget how many people were on the force. It was a lot. I want to say 200. I could be wrong. And he said only two of the guys actually lived in Berkeley and everyone else commuted there because they couldn't afford to live there. Mm-hmm. And the two guys that, that lived there were going to retire like in the next year or two. Is that, is that an issue in your community? Is there, is there housing that you can purchase on a police officer's salary? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's – I don't – I think I might be the only one – there's a – that – out of those guys that grew up here, I think I might be the only one that still lives here in Franklin Township. Um, everyone else generally lives rather close. Um, we, you know, we we elected to stay here in Franklin. I mean, my 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 parents are still in town. Uh, my my in laws live in town. Uh, you know, I have a lot of roots here. 
it just made sense for us. Um, and we, we've always liked living here in Franklin. Um, you know, a couple guys have moved out and they live, you know, further south, closer to the shore, different for different reasons, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be for them, it works out better. But um, I live literally seven minutes from headquarters, which I've always liked. <laughs> it's a quick commute, uh, more time at home. And um, yeah, I've never had any kind of issues with it. You know, some guys are like, you know, has it ever posed a problem for you? I'm like, no. You know, people see me in town. They see me at the grocery store. You know, they see me wherever, out with kids, at, you know, at a restaurant, at, you know, getting ice cream or whatever. Are there people know, in like town that, that used to call you Bobby that now call you officer? Um, No, not really. I mean, no, you know, no. You know, they, you know, you know pretty much know Bobby. It's, it's uh, you know, I think some people are a little tripped out sometimes when they see me, especially after, after they see me for the first time. They haven't seen me in a while. Um, you know, oh, Siri keeps jumping in here. I don't know why that happens. No <laughs> um, way. I don't know. It's weird. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool, you know. Now my friends are having kids, and 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 they're introducing me as Officer Bobby, which is which is cool, and in, in in a way, you know, we grew up together. And now, you know, they're having kids, and they're in the school system, and uh, you know, it, it's it's been cool to stay stay locked in with with the town for all these years. Is 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 your dad? Are you? How many generations has your family been in the United States? Do you know? As far as I can, as far as I know, you know, so you, maybe you, you my, don't, my great, great grandparents. Okay. So you don't have stories of your grandparents coming through Ellis Island or your great grandparents coming through Ellis Island? No, not, I mean, maybe my great, great grandparents, you know, but we have, you know, we're pretty rooted here. Like, like my grandparents were, in the next town over, New Brunswick, um, you know, my dad's kind of local, a local guy. So it was, we're pretty local. You know, we have like no like immigrant story as far as, as I can remember or ever been told. So, and you're in Massachusetts. Oh no, New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah. Brian, why are you laughing at me? Did he already say that five times? You know, Tri-state. Maybe. <laughs> Just uh, once. I, if um, I was the fan. Yeah, 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 the fan. It, it, it's, it's interesting. Um, I've been very fortunate. I was raised in, uh, in a very liberal household in a very liberal community, the Bay Area in uh, California. And it's the entire Bay Area. It's massive. You know, it includes Silicon Valley, San Jose, San Francisco, Oakland, Berkeley, and a, and a bunch of other cities. Extremely liberal area. And I was raised um, implicitly, not explicitly, but implicitly, you know, like if we drove by someone's house and they had an American flag, someone would always say, why do people do that? Or there was always this underlying um, dislike. Um, and, and you don't even realize it. That's how implicit it is for the United States of America. And um, and there was always sort of, um, I don't know if it was because I was a young man, but it, there was always a dislike for police officers. I don't remember, you know, waving to police officers when they went by as a kid. Um, 
and it's pretty strong there and you don't you don't even realize it it's pretty it's pretty 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 darn strong there it's, it's actually a tragedy because now as an older gentleman at 49 i realized the huge importance of the relationship between the citizenry and the i don't know if that's a word and the um, relationship that we have with police officers we've hired them with our tax dollars to take care of us and it's really a partnership in my mind now as i've gotten older but when i started doing crossfit obviously i was surrounded because you know the foundation of crossfit and the base of crossfit is people whose lives depend on their fitness meaning um if you get into a scuffle with someone or if you have to save a baby from a burning building, your fitness is everything. And so if you take your job seriously, you're going to want to be super fit because that could be the difference for you between life and death. And it's, it's got to be the cornerstone of, of every police officer's or first responder's um, life. So through CrossFit, I started meeting all of these guys in the military. And I started meeting all of these police officers. And now I'm a man who has three kids and I can think of no better gift in the world than having my neighbor be a police officer. Because who wouldn't want a police car parked in your neighbor's driveway so that when your kids are out in the street throwing a ball and not paying attention or riding around on their tricycles, someone sees that car and slows down. I mean, it's just a, um, it's a, uh, and in general, and now I know a lot of police officers and obviously my perspective has completely changed, right? I can't have my judgments and my perceptions because I know them and they're just people like, like anybody. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's been a fascinating journey and transformation for me. All the, very, very subtle, all of it, but, but, but not, um, not profound on the same level, super profound. Because some of the most subtle things in our life impact us, obviously, the most, right? It was, it was deep in there. It was deep in there. And um, I, 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 don't know how, I don't know how that's going to change. It, unfortunately, it, you know, one of the ways, or fortunately, I think, and I don't know how it would happen, but one of the ways is people need to have friends with, be friends with police officers. If that's not your profession, you should have a police officer in your cadre of friends, someone who comes over to your house, someone who your kids play with. Like if you're at a, I would implore anyone, if you're at your kid's sporting event or you find a police officer who also takes their kid to your kid's preschool, reach out to that guy or that woman and, and befriend them. It will change your perspective and you'll be contributing to your community because it's also good for the police officer. Because they are also, you know, just like if you work at Apple, all your friends work at Apple. If you're a police officer, you're more likely to have all your friends being police officers. So I just wanted to get that out there as a, a really um, important point on how people can contribute to humanity and civilization as a whole. It's really important to uh, interact with our first responders. Do you, do you yeah. have friends? Go ahead. Sorry. No, and I think it, it's important for us to go the other way, too. You know, like they you know, basic training, they tell you, you know, like develop friendships outside of the police department. You know, you, you don't want to be like the cop that only associates with other cops, you know, and I feel like, you know, I, although I do have some very close friendships from my agency and other agencies, um, the, the bulk of my close friends and relationships are not police officers. Um, and 
through CrossFit, you know, a lot of them are from my gym, uh, the gyms I've worked at over the years. And, you know, the garage, our garage gym crew, when we first got started, you know, those are like my lifelong friends who aren't police officers and, you know, have, uh, you know, nine to fives or business owners or, you know, investment bankers, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, Um, it's refreshing to not always be talking police stuff and talk like people and get perspectives from, you know, other people, other walks of life, hear their stories, hear their ideas on things. Um, They listen to my stuff, you know, bounce it back and forth. They get to see, you know, they ask questions. We, we go from what, what's going on with me to what's going on with them and and get some dialogue going. You're, you're exactly right. CrossFit's a great spot. If you don't know how you're ever going to meet a police officer, the only three gyms that I've ever like, been a regular member at have all had at least one police officer that was a member there and at the one i coach at now the guy who's a who's a cop he's one of the original members from the gym from when it opened in 2012 or 13 and uh, <clears throat> i mean he you know he'll have conversations with with everyone at the gym like a normal dude but he's also you know available if you need him. and i had a you know a, an incident where i needed some advice from a, a police officer over the summer and he was like, more than willing to talk to me you know, and give me some advice. And it's, it's just a really nice thing to know someone who's in that profession because the perspective is, is very different than someone who isn't. Is that the first um, cop you've ever met, Brian? Is that the first one you've ever been friends with or no? I've, I mean, I've, I, I've known him for eight years, um, you know, minimal interactions for a lot of those years, but he is a friend of mine now, but um, no, I think I've had some police friends before that. Where did you meet them? Uh, well, one of them was actually, besides in jail, (laughs) um, one of them was, uh, he was a police officer in the town I grew up in actually. And then as I became an adult, I, I did some volunteering at the elementary school I went to, including like this outdoor education trip that he was on. Uh, he was one of the chaperones as well. And so I got to know him that way. Just random stuff. And, and. But before I go into how you popped on my radar, Bobby, what's crazy is I, I saw a statistic the other day that there's like 350 million calls you guys go to a year where you have interactions with um, the public. And it's just a, it, people have to be very, very clear that and understand that the, the media is only showing you of a, a minuscule amount of those interactions and they're all negative. And that is a tragedy. I know people like bad stories that they're exciting, but there's a lot of really cool, good stories out there that the media could also use that would also be great for clickbait. And, uh, and they should flip, they should flip the script on that because as a society, we have that we have to view this as a partnership. We have to, we have to support them because um, attacking them does no good. It's it's not good for them. It's not good for us. It's a it's a it's a mistake. No matter yeah. no matter what you think about police, it's a mistake to not look closer at at them as opposed to just jump on the the, the tiny little narratives that make clickbait on the internet. It's, it's absurd, actually. Yeah, I mean, I think you know you can you can liken it to a weather report. 
you know, no one ever gets excited. Hey, it's another beautiful day, right? It's, a, it's sunny again, right? Oh, it's 65 degrees, sunny, no clouds. Like no one gets excited for that. Hurricane comes around. We got 24 hour coverage and, and we're going to talk about the devastation and, and all the bad things that are going to come with this hurricane. Right. But the next week and a half where there's not a cloud in the sky, it's weather's not really a, uh, a topic of discussion. So and it's something that's well known in, in our world on the police side. And and that's and again, that's something, you know, very similar to the military. You know, you kind of sign up for that, knowing that um, built in that, you know, you're going to be held to the highest standard. Um, you're going to be expected to do the right things. Um, and, and do a good job. And you're not always going to get a pat on the back for doing that. Um, but sometimes, you know, people are going to be quick to judge when anything goes wrong or um, is perceived to have gone wrong. Um, so, I, you know, when, when, when a lot of stuff's going on in the world right now, um, you know, my main focus and, and from my friends and my colleagues just continue to do the right thing, um, you know, lead by example and just try to, you know, just keep marching forward and um, doing the right thing. You know, it's, it's really all you can do. You know, I try not to get the, the negative stuff weighing me down and 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 just keep just keep charging, you know, just just try to be a good example. You know, go out there, handle your stuff and um, do right by people. And I think with that, that kind of attitude, you really can't go wrong, you know? Um, and that, I guess that can be said for about anything you do in your life. Just try to shed that negative energy and, and just keep a, you know, positive outlook and, you know, trying to keep doing the right thing. Salvan, I feel, I feel like you're about to switch to the, the fitness topic, but I, want, I was just thinking no, no, about that ahead. guy. That guy that I I knew from uh, that that trip with my elementary school, uh -huh. and and I and I, I don't think I ever even realized this until just now, but he totally changed my perspective about police officers because he taught me that they actually have personality. He was one of these guys. I mean, we're on a trip with fifth grade kids, and he was the guy who went out when the kids were out doing their activities all day. He'd put a fake vomit in the girls' bathroom back at the bunk, you know, and then they'd see it and they'd all scream and whatever and. Or we'd be listening to someone give a, a tutorial and he'd all of a sudden go, oh my God. And he'd run into the woods and he'd like pretend like he was chasing an animal and he'd come out holding this squirrel. It was a fake squirrel, you know. And he was just, you know, bringing joy to the kids and you know, like changing up the environment. And it completely flipped my mentality when I had interactions with police officers that maybe I wasn't uh, choosing to have. You know, when, when I used to get pulled over, um, you know, the speeding ticket or ran a red light or, you know, didn't stop at a stop sign, whatever, these small little things. And a cop would pull me over. I used to be bitter immediately. And now when I get pulled over, and I think I, I, I don't think I ever realized that that guy flipped the switch for me. Now I'm still not happy to get pulled over, but I also recognize that maybe the cop's not that happy they have to pull me over. And so I'll just have a conversation with them. And I, I was wondering, Bobby, because I've, I've never really asked any police officer this before, but if you, if you interact with a person, even if you know you have to write them a ticket or, or whatever, how much does it affect your job if that person's just like, if you can actually sense empathy or sympathy from them if they say to you, like, hey, man, I know, I know it's tough for you to have to do this, whatever, but, uh, you know, how's your day going? Something like that. Yeah, I mean, 
when I, I would say this, I'll speak for myself. When, you know, when I was a patrol officer, um, you know, and doing things like the car stops on a regular basis and, you know, you know, enforcing, you know, speeding violations, the, you know, the, the, the nuts and bolts of a, a patrol shift. I was never a big fan of issuing a summons or tickets. It's just not something that, you know, it affects your day, right? As a, especially as a person, right? The ticket, it's a fine. It's a, it involves, you know, you going to court. So, you know, Hey, sometimes they need to be issued. They have to be issued. You know, something is egregious, you know, you try to feel it out with people. Um, I always gave the benefit of the doubt, try to hear, hear what's going on. Why, why, why are we driving so fast? You know, you know what's going on with them? Uh, um, you know, try to have a dialogue, you know, while you're there at the car. I mean, I've given more than my fair share of like warnings. Hey, let's, let's, let's get this right and maybe stop this and send you on your way. Um, you know, I don't, not many police officers go to work. Like, yeah, I shouldn't say none of the police officers I know go to work going, I can't wait to hand out summonses or today. I'm going to set a record. I'm going to give 200 speeding tickets. No one's doing that. You know, all the officers that I know, you know, you know, we're regular people just like everyone else. So we want to have a good day at work. I uh, go to work, you know, go to work, come home safely. Obviously, number one, um, you know, serve the public, you know, help people out. If a bad guy's got to go to jail, he got to go to jail. It's part of the part of the business that we're in. But no one's hoping to go there and, and mix it up. Right. No one's no one's looking for that. You know, you know, at least from my years of experience, you know, I don't know anyone who goes in looking for a rough day. Right. So, you know, I don't know when, when people sometimes we hear that, oh, you know, this cop had it out for me. And I doubt it. You know, they have a job. We have a job to do, um, you know, making stops is part of that job. You know, going to calls, we you know, we are responding to calls. We're responding to things that are happening. Um, you know, often, you know, sometimes you do see things and you have to act. But, you know, for the most part, you're responding to something that's already occurring. It's already started. Um, and now you're kind of thrown into that situation. Now you're the mediator. You're, you're the one that has to, to either figure this out and it come to a, some kind of conclusion. So... Like I said, most guys are are coming to work hoping that, you know, you get a, a nice quiet day on the radio. Everyone's driving smooth. There's no car accidents and you come back home. I mean, that's that's the hope, you know, at least from my years. I, I always hope hey, a nice day. Boom. Come home. Great. You know, so yeah. I, I lived in this small town with 20,000 students called Isla Vista, California. And every week, I forget, every, there was like one to three DUI um, arrests every every week in that town. It was just a college town, super densely pop- populated on the edge of the North American continent, you know, right on the Pacific Ocean. And as a as a young man, it, 
hey, avoid the cops at all costs because um, you don't want to get a DUI. And now as a 49-year-old man with three kids, it's, hey, never drink and drive. And I hope they pull over every single person who's drunk and take them off the street because for the safety of my kids. And it's just, it's also interesting how perspective changes. Um, but, but what you were saying, I just had a friend the other day tell me who's a police officer that he was on the freeway and some, someone blew by him doing 80 and he just pulled up next to him and looked at him and kind of like shook his head. And the guy immediately slowed down, gave him the thumbs up and kept driving. Like, yeah, I get it. And I've had police officers do that to me, California Highway Patrol, pull up next to me when I'm speeding on the freeway, turn on their microphone and be like, Hey man, you got to slow down. I'm like, yes, sir. And it's like, um, that being said, my cheesy advice to all police officers, and, and this is, I'm just a one guy, but at any time, if once you have kids, it doesn't matter how much you like or dislike someone, if they're nice to your kids, everything changes. All of a sudden you're like, that's a good person, you know? And so every time a police officer, um, gives my kids a sticker, and my kids completely fucking lose their shit and are so excited to get a sticker. They're, I have two four-year-olds and a six-year-old. Man, it, it, it like that one little gesture from officers, and they do it a lot in my town, is uh, keeps me, you know, keeps me on the cop-loving train. I mean, it's just great. You just want people to be nice to your kids. And going back to what you were saying, Brian, I, I had to have a, a, I don't know what it's called, but it's one of the guy you bend over and the doctor sticks the finger in your ass. And I remember thinking, I remember thinking prior to going into the appointment, I don't want to have this finger in my ass. I don't want to have this finger in my ass. And then right before he sticks it in, I'm like, this fucking guy doesn't want, I feel sorry for this guy. I just flipped the script, the story in my head. This poor guy has to stick his finger in my ass and everything got better. Like I was like, oh man, this sucks for him. I thought I had it bad. Which which end do I want to be on? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, you know, it's 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 a it's a it's not a win win for anybody. So, and I sure That's as an hope interesting way of looking at it. I sure as hope whoever, as you were saying, I don't think any cops that or no cops that you know wake up in the morning and are like, hey, I'm out to get people. I sure as hell hope that no one who sticks a finger in someone's ass has that same mentality. Hey, I hope I'm out to get some bass today. Oh, you pop, you popped on my radar, Bobby, because um, I saw someone put, sent to me on on um, an Instagram clip of you working out with kids. And can tell me about this? What what's going on? What are you doing? Yeah, so um, so this year, well, over the last year, we've been trying to get the program off the ground. Um, we've had some new leadership at the department. So now, now we have an, a brand new director, uh, director Sproul and, um, some new leadership in the, in the captain's positions. And it's created a lot of new opportunities to try new things, um, and get new programs off the ground and get, you know, some of our younger officers involved in, in kind of having a say in how we move forward as a department. And CrossFit's always been super big in my life. And I was introduced to CrossFit by my sergeant when I was a rookie. Um, So I've been involved with CrossFit for as long as I've been a police officer. And I coached at gyms and I I currently still do coach at CrossFit Stealth in New Brunswick. So it's a big, big part of my life. And it's impacted me in a major way, as I'm sure both of you know from your own experiences. So last year, you know, with a lot of the 
things that are going on in the world with all the tensions that are going on between people and police and young people and police, COVID, health, it just, everything's just, the world's upside down in 2020. And I'm sitting in my backyard and I'm just like, you know, there's opportunities to do stuff. You know, the new director, you know, is encouraging it. So I had a conversation with, uh, my partner, a good friend of mine, um, and kind of brought up the idea of this Franklin Fit program to try to get a youth CrossFit program going through our police department. You know, in the past, it was always kind of viewed like, all right, well, what do you want to do and why do you want to do it? You know, uh, it's a workout thing. Is this really, is this for you? Is this for, you know... And, and my goal, you know, mapping this thing out was to create a program that we're, we're giving, giving the kids of Franklin Township and the surrounding towns, actually giving them something that is happening on a reoccurring basis. Um, not something that's just like a one-off, um, you know, one and done. Because, you know, traditionally in the past, police departments, we do a lot of good things. We do a lot of little programs that are just like on this Saturday, we're going to do this, you know, on, on this date, we're going to do this and then that's it. You know? So my, my thinking was I wanted to create the program that not only is continuous, but now we can affect the kids in multiple ways for a longer period of time. And essentially give them the CrossFit gym experience for free from the police for years to come. Right. So, you know, just like any member at your local affiliate or the gyms that you guys go to or have been involved with, you know, you get someone and then they lock in and then you have them for years and you see the change and you see them change physically, mentally, um, the conversations, all, all that stuff that, that goes on inside the gym. I wanted to bring that to our department. So we brought it up. I brought it up to my captain um, who was interested and, and liked it. You know, no one, no one at the time was really not, you know, knew a lot about CrossFit. So I'm kind of like breaking it down, like real simple, like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. You know, we're going to do this program and we'll meet like we'll start at once a week and do it kind of like grassroots. We'll get, you know, we, we don't need much equipment. I just need the green light to do it. And slowly but surely we got there. Um, worked with CrossFit, uh, did my affiliate application, um, got granted the the green light from CrossFit to create FTPD CrossFit. Um, let them know, you know, we were going to be doing this for the kids, um, non nonprofit program. So that was huge. That happened early this year, um, which, which I was just completely gassed up about. And then, you know, I had been building this, you know, on paper and mapping it out for people and explaining it to people. Um, you know, what I was trying to do, how I was trying to do it. And then I think it was like the second week in April, we started our, we had our first class. We had a donation from um, one of our citizens. We 
we had a baseline of gear and we started outside working with um, seventh, seventh grade to high school, through high school is the target that we're shooting for, at least for now. Um, we had 14 kids come to our first class, I believe. Um, and we worked out, right? We had some, you know, we, and I structured it just like our CrossFit classes at Stealth. You know, we, have, we started off with the question of the day, you know, kind of breaks the ice. That's something that I grabbed from our gym that we do every day is a question of the day. So right off the bat, these kids, not only are they kind of coming into a new setting, they're, they're with the police. They're at our community relations building. It's like a new place to them. They're doing something new. It's CrossFit's new. But right off the bat, we want to open it up with, tell me something about you. What's your name? Who's your favorite athlete? That was the week one question of the day. Got some surprising answers. We had a Larry Bird. A 14-year-old kid told told me Larry Bird. I was like, man, all right. Dang. So right off the bat, you know, like the first 10, <laughs> 20 minutes of class, we're talking about athletes together with, you know, a 38 year old, you know, and a 14 year old. And the other coaches were all, were all just kind of talking about, you know, who our favorite athlete is. Breaks the ice. All right. Here's what we're going to do today. Run down the run down the class schedule. Like this is what we're going to do. Warm up, work out, have some fun. Sweat a little bit, cool back down, and, and send them off their way. And, um, and the first class was great. And then right off the bat, I'm like, did they have fun? Week two, they all come back. You know, I got shirts for them. I bought, I, I had these shirts done. My buddy John from Stealth. He Those are sweet shirts. shirts. Those are sweet Yeah, we shirts. had them. Thank you. Uh, respect and props to John. Thanks for, he designed these for us. Uh, and uh, we got them made. I got got them made for all the kids that came out for the first week. So right off the bat, you know, they're getting a class. They're getting a shirt. You're on a team. You're on our team. You know, the coach is wearing the same shirt as the athlete. Um, week two, they show up. Everyone who came to week one's wearing the shirt, which made me smile. It's huge. They're yeah. invested. Yeah. And, you know, and um, that's a good that's a great point, by the way, because when when. My kids used to play soccer. They would give the kids shirts, and none of the kids would come back wearing the shirts. We would all take the shirts home, but none of us would come back wearing the shirts. Mostly because yeah. they didn't fit, and they were all it jacked like up. It was oversized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was lame. Thick, but, but, thick cotton yeah. shirt. Yeah, we have like 10 soccer shirts, and they've never worn them once. But anyway, that's really cool. I, I, I appreciate that. That is a great sign when people come back wearing the shirt. Yeah, so they come back wearing the shirt, um, coming early. And I, and I try to have everything set up when they get there so that they get there early, you know, maybe the, the, the plyometric box is out or this, I had the sleds out the other day and they're like, what's that? So they're there early. I'm like, push it, see if it's heavy enough. See, see how far you can push, how fast you can push it. So they're not only like, so week one, everyone's tight. Everyone's a little shy. Week two, everyone's starting to kind of, all right, hey, What's up, Coach Bobby? Now, okay. It's not detective. It's not officer. It's coach. And that's one of the big things I wanted to push is like, we're also, we can be that for you. Not just, you know, the detective, the officer. Um, so they're getting there early. They're trying things out. They're, tr- they're, they're, they're testing themselves and, and 
trying to, sh- oh, I can do that. I can, I can push this sled. I can, I can jump this high. I can probably beat you in a sprint. All right, let's do it. So, and this is all happening before class, before we even started anything. We're, we're already engaged and we're already having a conversation. And I, th- and I think the program, you know, and working out offers that like barrier or I shouldn't say barrier. It offers that opportunity for us to meet on that same level of, hey, we're just working out. We're just working out where we're, we have this in common together, you know, um, and and it lets down their guard and lets them just talk, talk with us and, and come have a good time and, and not and have their first their first interaction. A lot of these kids with the police is now this as opposed to, you know, if this program wasn't around, maybe the first time they, they, they interact with a police officer is when something's going wrong at their house. Right. Or they're in a car accident or their parents get pulled over for maybe a speeding violation. Right. So now their first interaction with the police officer is the five volunteer officers and myself that are there at the community relations building coaching them for weeks and talking with them and asking them questions and asking them how school is going and, and teaching them, pushing them. So that's, that's profound. My first 200 interactions with police were always when shit was going sideways, speeding, getting in trouble with other guys, uh, you know, lack of registration, um, caught in uh, an area I'm not supposed to be in. It's, it, it's, you're right. It's a, and, and, and if I would probably would have met a police officer beforehand, I would have thought twice about that because it would have given me some account, accountability and some, uh, rea- a reality to the, to, to the situation, to who they are, what they do. Or it, it might even just create conversations between the kids and the parents. Yeah. Hey, that, that, uh, that was a police officer. Is that like, like the same guy as Coach Bobby? You know, and then it yeah. just have the conversation. Oh, yeah, he's like Coach Bobby, whatever. And the parents can, and it opens up an opportunity to talk, for them to talk to their kids about, yeah, and when Coach Bobby's not working with you guys, he's doing stuff like this to keep the community safe or whatever. And, and yeah. you won't be, bra- and if you know that, um, if you're training with Coach Bobby during the day, you're not at night breaking into the school, you know, most likely not. Because yeah, you have I mean, accountability. Because you I have accountability. Yeah. Right. But, and I don't mean that in a malicious way. I was a good kid, yeah. but that was something we did every weekend. We broke into the high school gymnasium and we hung out in there, me and my friends. You know, I don't know why, but we did it. Yeah. And I think, you know, like having the opportunity, like, like these kids are rocking with us, right? It's a, it's a, it's a team thing. You know, like I generally I'll, I'll be coaching the class and then I have, you know, the other officers that are, are coming out and volunteering their time. You know, they're involved in the workout. We had even just like yesterday we had our, our, our fourth week. Um, we had a class and our captain came out um, who is he's OG. He used to work out here at the house at our house at our garage gym. And he and he's been pretty busy. So this was his first week coming to train. And uh we were at, we had an odd number of kids. So he jumped in and he was partnered up with a, you know, 15 year old kid and they're doing this partner workout back and forth. Right. So they're, you're, we're working together. And now, now, like I said, we're on the same team, you know, we're peers in that moment on the partner workout, especially, right. The last thing that kids probably thinking about is 
this guy is uh, the captain at the police department. No, he's just he's just your workout partner, right? Um, the only thing that kid's thinking about is I got to go as soon as he's done doing his work, you know? Right. As soon as he's done with the push-ups, I got to run. So it seems like, you know, when you, I've explained it to friends, sometimes it seems like too good to be true, but it, it is that simple that we're, I feel like this working out together, um, this program it creates a, just so many opportunities to just change the relationship um, probably forever for these kids, you know, anyone who, anyone who's involved and what, for the police officers. <laughs> you see two guys get in the ring at the UFC. For those of you who don't understand exactly what it's like to work out with other people, and I don't mean it's your goals or your, or your planet fitness, but I'm talking about the CrossFit. You see guys in the UFC and they hate each other. And there've been the weeks of buildup of them talking shit. And after five rounds, they're hugging and holding each other's faces and they kiss each other. And you're like, holy shit, what's going on? And the audience at that point is a little bit alienated. They know that something's going on, but they don't get it. If you want to taste a little bit of that, that is what happens in a CrossFit gym. Now I can't say it's at the level of, of trying to beat the shit out of someone. And then at the end, you guys are in your own special club, right? The two of you were in the ring, but when it's one of those things that every single person who does CrossFit trips on someone who you hadn't talked to the entire class and you had no plans on talking to the second, the workout is over. There's a moment there where you guys are best friends. Holy shit, that was hard. I mean, it's the only person around who you can now have a conversation or a discourse with about that nightmare that you just went through. And you guys have both come out on the other side better people. So um, it's not just uh, a police officer coming to your classroom. It's not even close. I'm not saying that that's bad or not effective, but it's not even in the same universe is what uh, Bobby's doing, bringing kids together and having them do some shared suffering with police officers. It puts everyone on the same field. Everyone yeah, who did 100 is, like said, is that, now equal. That shared experience is, that, you know, that, that's what, that's what, that's the bond is the, the shared experience because otherwise it's me talking to you with nothing, there's no commonality. Just the training is what, you know, I've been using the, the hashtag on the post United by fitness. And that, and that really is the unifying commonality. It's the workout, the, the showing up, training together, you know, trying to improve yourself, whether you're, you know, uh, an older officer or a, a young, one of our young athletes, you know, everyone's there with the same goal. And, you know, especially when you can do that, you know, you're out of breath that that you're you're lost in that workout for however long it is. And and at the end of the class, you've done it together and um, you're definitely I can see the light in their eyes and and the light bulb, you know, that it's going it's going off. And um, each week they're just they're having more fun with it. You know, we're ramping it up, you know, just a little bit every week because we're in that good age group of, you know, from we have 12, we have 12 year olds up to 17, 18 year olds in the class. And so they're in those like preteen, teenage years of like they can do more than just they can do more than they know. Right. Right. So it's not like the CrossFit kids, like super young kids. 
where like it's got to be more like play. Like now they're starting, yeah, they can handle some weight, right? Once we've locked in the movement, they can handle the challenge. And they, you can see that they like it. They want it. They want to impress. They want to show their ability. And I think they're having a lot of fun doing that. And especially, you know, doing it for the police officers who some of them might have the perception that, yeah, you know, police officers are tough. They're hard. They're rigid. Um, and now they, they're, it's their chance to show us that they can be tough too, right? That um, they can be strong, they can be fast, they can lift things, they can jump on things. It's just, man, I'm, I'm really geeking out about the whole thing. And, you know, for all, all my friends that know me, you know, like I'm super, I've always been super passionate about CrossFit, you know, coaching people, whether it was at my house or at gyms. It, this this coaching experience has just been a game changer. It's just it's been so much fun. I've never really coached kids in this capacity like this frequently, and this is just man, it's just it's just awesome. Where did you find the fourteen kids? How did you how did you get them? So um, we started through Instagram first of all. Um, we put, you know, we, we put a link up on our, uh, our Franklin PD Instagram. Uh, we have a link to apply on our township website for the program. Um, so we put it out there on, on our town, on the Franklin Township website. That was the, the link to apply. We put a, we shot a quick little like demo video of me and two other officers working out at our community relations building. And, you know, we had, we had the bumpers out there in the, in a, in a box and like some dumbbells and we're doing a a quick little workout and we put it out there like, you know, come in in April, Franklin fit to the community relations building. And we put it out there on Facebook and Instagram and some, you know, my friends and people I know from town, like, man, this is great. This is awesome. So people start sharing it, liking it. You know, that kind of stuff, the natural, organic, the stuff that Instagram is good for, right? Um, sharing good news and stuff. And I wasn't even looking for, I was like, maybe I'll get six, like five would be great. You know, especially we have limited equipment. We, You know, we're, right now we're still like in the building phase. Like we don't have a ton of stuff. And from coaching classes, I know like smaller sometimes is better <laughs> in the beginning, First week, the applications start rolling in, and we had like 14 applications, I think, and everyone showed up. And for first class, I'm like, man, okay. And in four weeks, now we have we have 22 kids, Ooh. and yeah, I mean, and, and not only that, like 22 kids, and they're they're like, I'm getting emails from the kids. Hey, coach, can't make it this week. I'm gonna be out of town. Um, let me know if anything changes. I'll see you next week from a 13 year old, 13 year old kid. Yeah. Right. So cool. Who I met one time he did one class and then he sends me this email and I'm like, man, that's awesome. He has good parents. He has good parents. And they're they're all, and you know, like last, uh, last night we had a kid who got recruited. He was recruited by his two other friends that had been coming. So, you know, we're getting, we're getting new kids from the kids, 
which is huge. You know, we haven't been made a big, big like PR push, just trying to like, grow it naturally and organically. And it's happening, which I think that's the, that's the best recruitment is through itself, through the program itself. Like if I can have, you know, Avery and Demir go to school, tell their friend, Dominic, and Dominic grabs somebody. And then that's, that's the, the same way we build at, at our gyms, right? At our, oh, oh my God, gyms. I'm so sore. Why? Because Why? I was working Cross out with it. these you cops, man. Try. You got it. Yeah, it's so cool. It's so fun. Um, yeah. Any kids you've seen dropped off by their parents where you can tell like the parents basically kicking them out of the car, like the kid doesn't want to go, but the parents insisting. And then already in the four weeks, like you see a whole different demeanor. I feel like, um, or kids who participated 25%. Shy. Yeah. 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 I had, I, we had one kid, um, came in, he's a little older, you know, in that, you know, the, the late teen group. And, you know, as a 17, 18 year old, you're, you're starting to become a man. You're starting to fill yourself out. You know, you got, maybe you got a little cool little vibe going. And he kind of came in on that, like, let me see what this is about energy. You know what I mean? It wasn't like he wasn't sold yet. Right. And I recognize that. And then here we are week four and he's promising a better performance on week five. Right. He's promising. I'm not going to sit down in between the workout. And because and it's, it's nothing more than a simple talk. Hey, my man we're not done yet. So stand up. Right. Like, he's an athlete. He plays, you know, plays sports. Hey, we don't sit there. You're going to let the opponent know you're, you're wiped. Stand up. We're not done yet. Right. So that little moment, he goes from week one, the shy kid who's trying to play it cool to week four, promising the coach, you know, that he's going to do better, that he's going to bring it next time. Like really, really bring it next time. Win. Right change of attitude in four weeks, change of perspective and showing investment where now he's engaging with us, you know, making promises that he's going to do better. Not like I'm going to, not, I'm not going to try. I'll see what happens. I'm going to do better. I'm going to beat you next week. I'm going to, you know, and that's, that's just like, that's it. You can't ask for much more from, from a teenager. It's hard enough as it is to get adults to want to, you know, try this stuff sometimes. It's, and it's, I think it's extremely brave. Very brave. You know? I agree. It's very brave. Even though, you know? even though there is no threat and it's kind of, it's very brave. Hmm. It's an interesting thing because there's nothing to fear and yet it's still very, very brave. I agree 100%. Yeah. You, you you said something there about how you said stand up. Um, we're not done yet, and it's a very interesting. It's it's a, and you probably know this with parenting. It's a very fine line. I see parents who think they're helping their kids often, but they're really disrespecting their kids because one of the ways we respect each other is to hold other people up to a to a standard to a level and it's okay if they fail and they don't reach it but we have to respect people and give them the opportunity to shine and not coddle them now that doesn't mean to be abusive to them but there is a um 
all my kids' martial arts instructors, when they, when in the private lessons, when right, the kid will be okay. It's my kids will be like, it's, it's, you know, it's eight 30 classes over. The teacher will be, will always say to them, do you have one more in you? And I love that because there's a respect there to the kids that you're challenging them, but you're also empowering them, but you're letting them know, I believe in you. I know we've been hitting the bags for 30 minutes and you're exhausted, but do you have one more? And, uh, it's um that kind of belief in each other and that kind of respect uh runs rampant in the crossfit community you know yeah. the, the the worst thing i i heard someone say to my wife one time i was watching her work out at her affiliate and i heard one of her partners say hey let's not let's not keep count and i was re that really bummed me out you know what i mean because it was like just, yeah you're not being, you're not being a good partner if you want to sandbag it fine if you don't, if if you, but don't put that on your partner. As your partner, you have to um, show up. You have to. Uh, there'll be plenty of time to be weak the second the clock stops. Right? There'll be plenty of time. So, so I really, I really like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, and we talked about we we touched on like each week. I'm trying to touch on a, a topic, right? Um, and this this week we 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 talked about looking goofy while you're trying to learn things and, and being okay with not being good at something immediately. I feel oftentimes everything is about, it's okay. It's okay. And it's okay. And I, I was trying to tell them it's okay to not be good at this right now. You're, we're just starting. We're scratching the surface. I want you to come in with an attitude that, you're learning and it's okay to mess this up. We will fix it. We will make you realize what you're doing wrong and we'll make it better. I'm going to show you, you're going to do it. Right. Um, you know, my, my coaching style is, is a bit of a, I've always kind of had like a, a detached, feeling like when I come into the gym, I like it. I like a little bit of edge, right? I like it to be a little nasty, a little gritty. I'm trying to tell him, you know, this week that when you come here, I want you to like flip that switch. It's time to train. It's time to, to get, let's get nasty. Let's work, right? Let's not be, don't hold back because you're trying to look cool, right? I want you to give it your all. Um, I want you to feel like when you come here, you can be a, a different person. I want you to be the athlete. I want you to, to, to go a little harder, to make some noise when you're working out, to, to just let it fly. Right. Um, and I think that's important because not, not every place that kids go to wants that. Right. I want you to go. I want you, let me see what you got. And then we can we can go from there. Uh, they you know they want to be challenged. They can they can take it. They like it. And I think when it's all when class is over, they can. It's something they can be proud of. I did that right. I did CrossFit. I pushed that sled. I. They show up. I had the bumpers on the sled. It's not like let's see what we can do. No, you're gonna push this. And they look at it, they, you know, they see the rubber bumpers. It's all, all that stuff's new to them. They're like, that looks pretty heavy. Probably weighs as much as them. And then they start dragging it down the parking lot. 
and then they, they do it faster. And then, and it's like, oh man, I did that. So it's it just, I think it's such a cool thing to be able to present these challenges to them that they're just otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity to do. And um, it's, a, it's been a pretty cool experience thus far, you know. We work with kids uh, a lot at the gym in different capacities, and it is it is cool to see how the dynamic changes. Um, there's, there's one guy that, that comes in. He calls it his contract. He's like, I got eight more weeks on my contract. But he keeps co- coming back, you know. That's what does he mean he, by that? That's how much he's paid, or what's he mean by that? No, he's, you know, his parents <laughs> sign him up for the kid's class for eight weeks or something. Oh, right. He's like, oh, this is my contract. But he never wants to come, but then when he gets there, he has a good time. He calls it his contract. And then there's other kids that, you know, when the when they first start coming, they can't wait for the class to end. But then when you, you know, four or five weeks in, and they'll be like, what do you mean we're done, coach? We got three more minutes. You know, that's that like one more in you type mentality. Yeah. And, stuff. and you never know how the kids are going to react. And, you know, sometimes yeah. you won't see them for, for six or eight months and then and then they'll come back around. But no matter no matter what, even if they come one or two times, the seed's planted. They've been in the community, yes. they've had the challenge, they've overcome something, even if it may, may appear to be small. And then at some point in their life, and you know, this is true for, for lots of different areas, but something will happen, they'll, they'll find another community or gym or something like that, and they'll have that memory, and then they can, they can hold on to that. So at least they have something, even if it was only a small period of time. Yeah, and I think like what Saban was saying about the, the challenge is I try to end the class with with a bonus, like, all right, here's something that we're, it's going to be even harder than what we did. Who, who wants to try it? Who wants to do the, the, the sled race? Who wants to, who wants to try to beat me to 10 burpees? Yeah. I'll do 15. I'll do 15. You do 10. Who, who thinks they got me? Or I said, I said, I'm going to do 10. You do 10. Let's see who wins. They were like, nah, I was like, all right, I'll do 15. You do 10. And then we got the hands up. I'll do it. I'll try. I'll try. So we grab him, all right? He cooked me. I got twelve. He got ten. My they, wife uh, and I would. My wife and I would do that at the end of workouts. Like we're just laying there, and I'll, always me, not her. And I'll be like, "Hey, baby, I bet you I could beat you to twenty burpees." She's like, "No, you can't." I'm like, "Oh yeah, I can." And then you know, you just push that extra mile, and it's easy. But you already yeah. put in the work. You're warmed up. You might as well just. Yeah. Give give one and more so, shot like, and wound yourself. I did that to my son the other day. I had him do a hundred burpees all three of my kids and then they were just chilling and i go hey what do you think you can do 20 as fast as you can right now and he just got up and crushed them and i'm just like yeah, yeah. it doesn't hurt to ask one more yeah they in, in especially they they like it they like going against them the you know their peers but yeah. when you throw when you throw in like all right who's gonna try this against coach malcolm and coach matt you know, who are the other two guys helping me out with this primarily? They're like, oh, yeah, like I, pfft, yeah, we're going to do this. And then they're like looking amongst each other, like me and you, me and you, we got them. So I'm like, I'm going to put an extra bumper on their sled since they're, you know, grown men. And uh, we, we had some good relays that night. But, um, yeah, and for them, it's like, it's an opportunity for like, we cook the coaches, you know, we, you know, we, <laughs> yeah. we, we beat our coaches, you know, and, and that's, you know, and I, tr- I try to set it up so it's going to be close. Yeah. And, and then, I mean, that, the t- then the two coaches are really trying 
And then now that now they're working hard because they're like, I'm, I don't want to get beat either, <laughs> which is great. That's what right. Want, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's all yeah. learning. It's all learning. So not only if, if they beat the kids. All right. Well, the, they beat the kids because they were putting out a concerted effort. They, they were working, <laughs> you know, to beat them. And the kids are working as hard as they can to beat the coaches. And what we pull out everyone's best effort. And it just made, it's made it so much fun. And, um, you know, then after class and, you know, the parents come pick each other, you know, pick the kids up and we're sitting there and, you know, three kids were waiting on a ride and we just start chatting it up. Right. Started talking about basketball. We're talking about, you know, who's your team, this, that. And before you know it, we're talking about, you know, why they want to train or why they, what, what's going on. We're talking about school, you know, you know, talking about, you know, most of them are dying to get back to regular school. They hated the homeschool, <laughs> you know, just having normal conversations. And, 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 and I think, like I said before, it's just changing how they feel about us and what they can say and, and how they can interact with us as officers. When, when um, one of the most profound things about CrossFit, I really think, especially for people who aren't physically gifted or interested in physical movement, is the fact that everyone will eventually be the best at one thing in their group. It's really, really weird. So in high school, I was the guy who always got, when we, in PE, all the guys would get picked and then some girls and then I would get picked. Or when I had to do the presidential fitness exam, I couldn't do pull-ups with the boys. I always had to just put my chin over the bar and do the flex arm hang. Then I started doing CrossFit and they had, and I saw those girls doing muscle ups and I thought, holy shit, that, that looks amazing. So I, for like six months, you know, five days a week, I was 34 at the time. I just did, I hung um, some rings under a set of stairs and I would just do negative muscle ups, just tons and tons of negative muscle ups. Flash forward and I'm 44 years old or whatever, and I'm working at CrossFit HQ and every single person there is fitter than me, no matter what. Like every girl, guy, child, everyone beats me in every workout. But if muscle-ups if muscle popped up, it was a showstopper where they had a pull-up competition going one time. And I just walked into the, to the gym and, and, you know, there's Navy SEALs there and, and police officers and everything. And I just did more, I tied the record for most big pull-ups cold, no warm-up. And why? Because I found my niche. Here I was a kid yeah. in high school who couldn't do a single pull-up. And through CrossFit, I found, holy shit, I could do strict muscle-ups all day long. And I can do just strict pull-ups all day long. So um, it was a huge boost to my who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm good at something, you know? And, that's, yeah. and that is the, the kid who loses every foot race because he's always racing his brothers starts to get like a beat down. But then flash forward and he's the guy who has the, you know, fastest turnover of uh, power cleans at 95 pounds. And he's beaten all these kids who he always thought were better athletes than them. And it's like, it's this moment. Yeah. It's this moment. Well, you know? that's, that was, that's a good point. Cause like, sorry, one uh, more thing. And sorry, one more thing. And, okay. and maybe even more profound for women because all of a sudden they're like, Oh my God, I thought I was the weaker sex. This dude, there's five dudes in my class who've never beat me. You know what I mean? And it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's these profound narratives that change in your head. Yeah. So like we, like, uh, I think it was like third week because we, you know, we have, we have girls enrolled in the class too. And we have, we have really, really, uh, just a wide array of body types, sexes, ages. 
and everyone and, and, and race and races for what yeah, it's worth yeah, for anyone who gives yeah. a shit yeah it's quite so, it looks like a uh i don't think you're allowed to say this word anymore but i don't care it's a melting pot you got the whole yeah. the pictures yeah. are kind of cool yeah yeah so you know well i mean we have kids that are currently fasting for ramadan that are um participating and they're coming in and and they let me know hey you know the parents were like the kids haven't eaten all day. They might get a little lightheaded, you know, to just, you know, keep an eye on them and, you know, just, you know, make sure they're all right. And each week they've, they've, they've come and they've trained and I can see that they're kind of, maybe they're bonking a little bit. They're tired. You can tell it's getting close to the end of the day. And, and we, you know, at the end of week three, I made it clear. I say, Hey, you know, we're going to give a round of applause for for these two guys, you know, it's a, it's a brother, sister. I'm like for three weeks, you know, now four, they've come, they've trained. They haven't said a peep about not eating all day and, and doing it for the, you know, for religious purposes. And, and we applaud, I said, let's give a you know, round of applause for these two for, for coming and doing all this, but having not eaten all day. Well-deserved. So, which is a well-deserved round of applause for those two. It also kind of lets lets everyone know that they're going through something that's different than what we know it to be normal, um, and and then like hey you know what it rec- it makes them tougher in the, in the eyes of maybe the the kids who may have beaten them in the workout or did a little better because they're on a full tank of food right or they're you know maybe just happen to be just stronger athletes. Now they can have that respect and knowledge that, hey, you know what? That's that's pretty cool that these two are showing up um, and doing what they're doing while fasted. And then what I try to do is also like set up the workout kind of like the grid league. Like I made two teams. We made a heavy sled. I got there was a sprint portion for the team. There's a there's a burpee portion. There's a box jump portion. I was like, I need two athletes from each team to be this. I need two sled people. I need two runners. I need two burpee people. I need two jumpers. So amongst yourselves, you know, your two teams, figure out who's doing what. Who's your fastest runner? Who's your who's your heavy hitter for the sled? Who's your burpee guy? Who can crank these burpees out? And my cat's pushing that. <laughs> the... Uh, so they they now they've they've come together. All right, you do the sled. You do the all right. You two do the burpees, and and I'll do the box jumps. So not not only is it a chance, like I said, we talk about finding that niche. What works? Like where can they be the superstar for that moment? Yeah, maybe they were getting their butt kicked on the sled. They're not they they're not great at jumping, but they can run. Right. So you, you they're going to be the runners. They'll be the strong link for the team as the runner. Um, maybe the big, big fella can't run that fast, but he can put that weight behind the sled. So, you know, those little opportunities allow for the specialist to kind of come out. And, and, that, and that's fun, too. You know, so it's it's been with all the, all these little things. I'm learning just so much about them, about coaching them and and uh, trying to pull the good out in, in all these little areas whenever we can. It's been cool. 
you have any of the of your other like uh, officers who've just been like curious, stopped by, what's going on? Yeah, you know, check this out. Yeah, so you know, I'm pretty. I'm known at work as like the CrossFit guy. There's like two of us that are still like way into it at at RPD. Um, it, he's a lieutenant now. He's one of the guys that got me started up. And then other guys, we have a lot of guys who are gym heads or gym rats, but I'm always trying to, you know, recruit for CrossFit. I'm diehard. And they're like, hey, you know, we have had guys show up in uniform, show up, they're on shift. Now they'll pull up at the community relations building. We had a, um, my buddy pulled up yesterday. He's full kit. You know, he's got his vest on and belt and he jumped in for a set of, we were doing the EMOM with uh, front squats, you know, push presses and thrusters. So he jumped in, grabbed a dumbbell, full uniform. Wow. And he, and he did the EMOM with the kids, you know, they're in shorts, he's in uniform and then jumped back in the car, back on the road, which was cool. You know, that, very cool. What a that scene. was that was super cool. It, it was great. That and, left an impression on them for sure. That's oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, and but he's not a CrossFit guy, like a CrossFit guy. But there's hope. He right? came and so, cherry. He came and cherry picked some shit. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, and we've had you know the guys who are involved. You know, trying to get them brought up to speed on on all things CrossFit too. Like, hey, you know. I want, I want you guys to be as invested in you know the CrossFit model as I am so that we can continue to grow this and 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 I want them to buy in as well you know because they're they're fit guys they're strong but they're also still learning a lot about CrossFit and in the methodology as well so the uh we've had a lot of people come out you know um, diff, you know, people come when they can, you know, with our schedules, it's a little weird. Um, my schedule is a little more flexible where the position that I'm in currently. So I'm there each week. And then I, I have a group of guys and girls who are helping us out. Um, you know, like I said, coming out, working out, just trying to, you know, encourage the kids, just, even if it's just a round of applause or, you know, calling their name out while they're working out. It's just, it's been great. Um, I don't know much about, sorry, go ahead. Good. Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. No, I said, so, you know, I think now too, and they're seeing it more and more and people are stopping out just to check it out. Right. Yeah. So we had a couple, you know, patrol cars in the lot and we're right there. It's right on our our main drag or I would say our main street of town, Hamilton street in in our town. And it's at a major kind of close to a major intersection. So there's a lot of foot traffic. Other kids are kind of rolling by on bikes. Oh, wow. There's a, there's a foot locker next door where people in 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 a convenience store, people are kind of, you know, I could see them out of the corner of my eye yesterday, just standing there kind of like, What's going on? The Walgreens across the street. So there's a, it's a high traffic area. So we're getting a lot of, you know, looks just from being out there in the front of the building. And, you know, I even heard one of the kids say like, I can't wait to talk to so-and-so because he saw his buddies ride by on a bike. They had come, they were coming get like getting a snack from the convenience store. They rode by and they were both kind of like creeping on um, what was going on. He's like, oh. he goes, I'm going to, I'm going to get at those two. I'm going to try to see if I get them to come. Oh, awesome. You know, so, 
So it's it's real it's real cool. The location is is a great for us too for that. It sounds awesome. You know, I don't know much about Ramadan, but the other day, two days ago, I went into a store I go into all the time, and I hadn't been in a couple of weeks for one reason or another, and the owner was there, and he's this 55-year-old man, and I'm like, damn, AJ, you look good. He goes, really? I'm like, dude, your skin looks totally different. You look lean and mean. What are you doing? You start working out? What's going on? And he goes, no, it's Ramadan. And I thought, holy shit, that's really cool. He's fasting, and, and I mean, the, the improvements I saw in him were just it, it was crazy. Bobby, yeah. um, f- f- final question, I, I, and, and I, have, I have a lot more, but we're approaching an hour and a half. Your wife, what did, how did you get her into CrossFit? And, and I'm making that sort of assumption that you got her into it since um, from looking at your Instagram. And uh, it's clear from your Instagram and her Instagram that her body's gone through quite the transformation. And, did she, ever, and did she ever think you were crazy – um, for for doing it, like, did you have pushback from her at first, or what? Tell me about that, and and how, and finally, how has it affected your relationship with her? Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for that compliment, and you probably just made my weekend a lot better by saying. That. <laughs> um, yeah. So when I mean, you so, clearly celebrate her success on your Instagram. Animal. Well, yeah. she's not here currently. She's doing the quarters. She's doing the uh, the age age group quarters now, uh, quarterfinal workouts with my buddy. Um, yeah. So when I started, it was 2008 in my buddy's garage and I, you know, coming from the, the military back, you know, background, I was, when I came out of the military, I was just running calisthenics. I wasn't really a weight guy at all. I didn't really have much experience like Olympic lifting, none of that. All that was not in my life. Um, and then I was doing like sprint triathlon stuff and my sergeant got me going on CrossFit. So then every day after shift, I would go to his house and he had a nice little garage set up and it was three of us. Um, and we would train in his house. So at that time we were dating my wife, Allison, or no, we were, we had, we were engaged or whatever, but anyway, I'm going there every day. Right, right from day shift, five o'clock, drive to his house, train. And I'd come home and I'm like, you gotta, you gotta come try this. I'm like, what is? I'm like, what is it like? And just come. And this is like pre the CrossFit sneakers. This is like the thick Asics and the funky sweatpants and, and Chuck Taylors, like the yeah. OG stuff. Like you had to have your Chucks, you know what I mean? Like flat bottom shoes, like, Everything homemade. We had the homemade, uh, homemade medicine balls with basketballs filled with wet sand and, and awesome. all that, all that stuff. The great yep. stuff. So she comes out and she was always, she'll self-admittedly say like, "Oh yeah, I was a skinny girl." Like she would run on the treadmill for an hour and a half and do a little bit of weight, but never, never was a. She swam. We both swam in high school. She's a really good swimmer. She has that that athletic drive in her. That's a big, that was big in her, very competitor at heart. Right. So she finds this, we take her in there. She gets, she gets served like everyone does on your first workout. And then we brought it back to the house. You know, when we, when we got married and bought this house, the first room we painted in the house was our gym. That's how I learned. So she was sold. She did that first workout and she was hooked. 
she did that first workout and then slowly started coming around and, and she wouldn't come like every night to my buddy's house when we were doing it there, but she would come on the weekends and start showing up to workouts. And really when it got like for real for her, we, we were, you know, we were getting kicked at, yelled at at retro fitness for taking the medicine balls outside and trying to do wall balls. And so when we bought the house, that's when it really clicked. You know, we, we painted the, the outside room, um, built our gym, with next to that we we got gifted those sand uh those homemade medicine balls from my buddy and we brought the stuff here we had some like iron 25s and 45s and started doing the stuff built our own pull-up rig and slowly but surely she got more and more involved and over the course of 10 years has built this frame that is just First of all, beautiful. Yeah, crazy. She's in outstanding shape. She's a yeah. killer. Um, you know, has an engine for days. And, and I think you described same... her as a wet noodle, but no one would ever dare describe her as that now. Oh, I mean, dude, dude, she is jacked. <laughs> yeah, she's a savage. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, yeah, she's in great shape. And I think it took her a number of years to realize that she's changed in a dramatic fashion, you know, I've, I've seen the change in me, but it took her a number of years to actually see it for herself. Right. You know, and then other people telling her, right. And, you know, there was, there was times where she had like lack of confidence and it's, it's been a great thing for her to, to be, to, to get so good at it over the years and to see the change in her body um, and her, and in her spirit, it's been a big thing for her and our family. Um, oh, uh, it, you know, for years when the kids were born, um, you know, she was home with the kids and it was her outlet. You know, I was working, she was home with the kids. That's kind of how we decided to set our life up. So, so when I would come home and, training in the driveway and then ultimately, you know, getting involved at coaching at an affiliate and her coming to the gym all the time. It was, it was a big release for her. And now it's, it was always a, especially now too, with the homeschooling and she's back to work part-time. It's still that, that like therapy for her and an escape from her normal day. Right. Um, a chance to push herself. So the same thing that we're we're promoting with the kids, it's just, it's the same thing we do for us as adults. It's our our chance to play, our chance to shine, our chance to perform, um, and 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 do it for all all sorts of different reasons. You know, I don't know, I don't know if it's an escape from her normal day. I think she's just gotten so used to it. It's part of her normal day now. It's different <laughs> than everything else. Right? Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, it's like. You know, we're we're here at the house, right? So I'm I'm sitting at my dining room, and the current setup is this: my wife works at the dining room table. The kids, my one kid is in the computer room. My other kid set up downstairs when we're doing the homeschooling. And for her, it's like I got it. I'm, I'm going to go to the 9:30 class in the morning. It's my hour out of the house, especially with everybody home. It's not. It's it's. Yeah, it is a big part of her day, but it, it's it's my. I know what you mean. Time. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes, all your and attention goes on yourself. Yeah, 
Yeah. But yeah, she's crushing it. And, uh, you know, she, I'm sure she's killing it today. Um, there's some dramatic changes. There's so if you go way back, I can't remember if it's her Instagram or your Instagram. I can't remember. She, I think maybe she does a snatch and she's at the bottom and you're telling her to stand up. And when she stands up, you're watching that and you're like, man, that is a really skinny chick. How is she doing that? You know, like, and, and, it's, and it's her early years. And then now you see her and you're right. She's this, she's a, a force to be reckoned with. You see her and she, the weights aren't throwing her around. She's throwing the weights around. Yeah. It's a, it's an awesome, um, it's a, it's an awesome transformation. What's up? Why are you getting all, why, why, why? you're so that you're that proud of her or was she on her deathbed and you saved her? Or are you just that proud of her? No, I mean, I am, <laughs> no, I am, I am that proud of her. And yeah. The, uh, and it's cool that, that someone else, you know, aside from me can see it. I know other people can see it, but. Oh, you know, your kids see it, man. Your yeah, kids see it. I mean, it. I'm, you know, I, I'm her biggest fan, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes as, you know, a husband and wife combo, the compliments from husband can just be like, oh, you, you're supposed to say that you're, you know, you right. have to say that, you know, I try to, I'm, I'm saying it cause it's the damn truth, you know, every, everyone must see it in her. Right. Yeah. I mean, when she goes yeah. out, I mean, it's clearly, I mean, she does have a remarkable physique and she looks extremely athletic. Um, yeah. People must say to her, when my, when my wife started CrossFit, it well, she's a, it, oh, good. It, it didn't take long at all before all of a sudden, you know, especially if you're a lean woman to start with. But if the second you start working out, people will start saying stuff. Hey, what's going on with your shoulders? What's going on with your arms? Hey, mm-hmm. what do you do? I mean, she must get questioned a lot, right? If she wears a tank oh, yeah. top out. We'll be out and they'll be like, what be staring gym at do you go to? Yeah. She gets, are you a trainer a lot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you the know. ultimate compliment. No one's ever said that to me, but that I can't wait. <laughs> Yeah, I've got to know where do you work out, but and that's nice. But if you're if you're a train, are you where do you or are you a trainer? That's that's when you know you look like something that belongs on TV. Yeah, she yeah she's a walking billboard for yeah. for our gym and and you know it's like I said I I did I, I can get choked up pretty easy, but yeah like I said the uh, it's been a CrossFit's just been a big part of our lives. It's gotten us through some you know life's challenges it's it's just been so much for us and and you know we've argued in the garage or in the gym about like i'm like you're doing great you're getting stronger you're getting you're getting faster like and and it's 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 been a great journey and it's been so good for us as as a couple to to have some that that common interest and something that we're both passionate about um you know Sometimes she can be a little hard to coach. I think and <laughs> anyone, who co- anyone who coaches their their spouse can probably agree to that. Um, but it is a lot of fun. Um, we have we. It's been great for our marriage. Great for our our health and fitness. And it it uh, it's a big part of our lives. You know, whether we're in the gym or at home, like our, how we prepare food for our kids. You know, it's just. It's just our normal life, you know. Our kids don't think it's crazy that we eat chicken and rice and vegetables at almost every meal. They're just so having her on board and 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 her and her being down from the get pretty much when I started 
made having a, a hobby that's this it's such a it's more of a lifestyle than it is a hobby right so yes, yes. having her being down with it with me is is makes it that much easier because you don't have to explain away the the diet the the hours in the gym you know coaching for three and then coming home and still wanting to work out she gets that so it's it's we got a good thing it's it's good bobby thanks for coming on great i i appreciate great it guest. hopefully the fan wasn't that loud i can, I'm, i'll be interested to Fuck hear em. how that <laughs> whatever we're, we're 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 just doing our best to try to bring good messages to the people if we get one found fan sound or if Brian can't figure yeah. out how to use this fantastic software that I pay a small fortune for. Fuck him. 